All right, welcome back. Episode 24 of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards. And I'm here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Logo Factor Edition, aka Cards Max Backyard Breaks Edition. <laughs> How you doing, Max? Uh, fractor Edition as well. I'm doing good. I have been going to card shows. I've been feeling some burnout. Not as big of burnout and pessimism from last week. I'm getting comfy here in the studio. And I know, Tommy, you are ready to cook. Yes. Usually I would ask you about what's up with your card show experience this weekend. First thing off the bat. But I really just woke up fired up today. And there's a lot of reasons why I got fired up, but the main reason is this backyard breaks, quote unquote, scandal that's going on. And I just feel like I have something to say about this. Usually if there's an industry related controversy, I will try to stick to, you know, letting you take the lead on firing on all cylinders on it. But this is something that really just got my blood boiling this morning. And I wanted to get something off my chest a little bit about it. So earlier i think it was last week um this guy on twitter who has this following who reached out to me actually last week about doing a giveaway on twitter and his name is eric whiteback and he posted this he's been known to post threads about card stats and i always am talking to you about how there's no context it's really hard a lot of what he's posting is numbers without context which i have a problem with a lot of the time and he posted something about backyard breaks which got me thinking. So he posted this thing about backyard breaks. He goes, what are the odds that they pull the black Cade Cunningham prism 101, the logo man national treasures, Cade Cunningham 101, the triple logo man, LeBron and the triple logo man, warriors, clay, Steph, Draymond. And he basically was like, the odds of them pulling this, if they had, were going to get even a half a percent chance, one in 200 chance of pulling all four of those cards, they would have to rip 40 million boxes. And he's basically like, no way. These I just listened to his interview with Coach Duggs on Barstool. Shout out Coach Duggs, big friend of the program. But he basically goes, there's no way these dudes in the South Florida are ripping that much product that the odds of them getting this is ridiculous. And he goes, there's actually no way that, so there's one, a few things. I'm really scatterbrained right now, so I'm going to get it really lined up here. Backyard Breaks probably does rip close to $40 million in those products of Prism FOTL, National Treasures, and Flawless. That is not an absurd number for the biggest breaking operation in the industry. Now, second, Eric Whiteback, in his interview with Coach Duggs, he goes, I do not want there to be misaligned incentives with Panini. He says that he's just pointing out some flaws in the system that could be fixed. Now, let me talk about misaligned incentives. I work in the industry. I work for, and I've talked about what I do in the industry and how that impacts how I collect, how I think about things. I talk about it very transparently. It's in my bio on Twitter. It's in my bio on Instagram. I'm in content for the company all the time. Eric Whiteback works for Golden Auctions. He runs their social media. I know he was a former employee. I'm not sure if he's current. From the in, from the in, from the information I can find online, Eric Whiteback is at the very least involved with Golden. Okay, I don't. I know at, he was involved. I don't know if he is presently involved. That's that's just me. 
Okay. Well, regardless if he's presently involved, he has been affiliated with one of the world's and industry's biggest auction houses. He has worked for them. He has worked for them for sure at some point. Absolutely. I agree. And with Golden, they have a strong incentive to promote breakers that are going to give them these high end cards that help them get more eyeballs on their auctions. Now, if you were backyard breaks and if you were golden, you want you want more people opening boxes. You want more national treasures being opened. You want more flawless being opened. That's what you want. You want more chance of these big cards being hit so that you can sell them on your golden auctions. Right? Does that track to you, Max? This is following the line of deductive reasoning. And so this is what happened with this is what I think happened with the backyard breaks. I think there's been rumors, backyard breaks, no way they could pull all these big hits, whatever. I think Eric Whiteback goes, hey, I'm going to start a controversy on Twitter saying that there's the odds of you guys hitting these product, these one-on-ones is insane. I'm going to go make this go viral. You guys are going to have your name everywhere. It's going to be in the news. I saw it on like CNBC or something or like MSN or something had an article about it. And I'm like, let me, let me think here for a second. Would it make sense for a guy who has some positive relationship with Golden, whatever, we're going to keep it super vague. Would it make sense for him to be hating on Backyard Breaks? The company that hooked Golden up with the triple logo man, LeBron, that went on the world tour. That hooked Golden up with the Clay, Steph, Draymond, triple logo man. And I didn't look up where the Cades were sold, but guess what? I bet you where they're going to end up being sold is Golden Auctions. Now. Did they hit the Cade Mosaic, one of one out of prism? The, they hit the black, whatever, prism. Because I think that's on alt right now, ending on Thursday. Although I might have my cards confused. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Cade, Cunningham, Prism, Mosaic, Black, one of one is on auction with alt presently. Find that while I keep talking and send it to me. And I'll, yes, check, I'll double check it. I'll double check it. But in my head, I'm like, all right, this guy, he goes on Barstool. He says he's the collecting guru. He thinks his math, which he defends the people who are talking about how his math is actually not super accurate. He actually calculates the odds of pulling any four cards in those products. And he and he says, no, these are the product hits, quote unquote, whatever. I'm not super sold on that as those being the best cards in that product. I know the triple logo man LeBron was a marketing effort to promote it. I do not buy that as the best LeBron card. Do not buy that as the best modern card of all time. Maybe Golden's pumping of marketing made it go above a certain amount of no, like amount of money on the auction, but really, I think my my real problem here comes back to growing the hobby. I want the hobby to grow. That's my number one thing as a marketing person in the hobby. It's also my number one thing as just a person in the hobby. I want more people collecting. I want more fun being had in the hobby. This viral post made people question the hobby and it brings bad light on the hobby. It also provides math without actual context. It doesn't educate people on anything. It just says, believe me, here are some numbers. And a lot of what I saw in the replies was, oh, I don't know math very well. Thanks for breaking it down. I don't know math very well. Thanks for breaking it down. But you know what? You know what you do with what you can do with math? You can lie with math. You can lie with math very easily. And you can also use viral tweets to help promote a company. And you know what he did? He 
shared Backyard Breaks' response, which if anyone has seen Backyard Breaks' response, it is an ad for Backyard Breaks. And you know what happens? Backyard Breaks gets more people breaking with them now because now they create this whole allure about Backyard Breaks has loaded boxes. Why would you want to break with anyone else, they say. You know who probably came up with this whole freaking idea? The whole idea to create this controversy, the whole idea of everything that we, I just talked about, Max? Your boy who, who started the Twitter thread. So I'm going to attack you a little bit out of um, intellectual discourse. I recognize the main crux behind, of course, naturally behind the you can lie with math argument. You still have to substantiate a dissent rather than just relying on the, well, it is plausible that you can be misleading with math because that's how statistics work. Um, my understanding of the counter argument, which you can present yourself, is that you are selecting four given cards. You are declaring them the product hits or product hits of a product, like you hit the two best product hits out of three possible product hit cards. And then you're using that given that has already happened to say that, oh, that odd, the odds of that happening is one in 40 ejaculation, whatever you want to say. That's the equivalent of saying, you know, you roll a dice, you hit a one, you roll a dice, you hit a four, you hit a dice and you hit a five. And you're saying the odds of that is one times six to the third power, which would be one in 20, 216. And oh, wow, the odds that I hit a one, a four, and a five are one in 120, one out of 216. That's mathematically sketchy. I'll give you the floor. So you said I need to provide a dissenting argument. So my argument first is that $40 million in those products is probably I'm pretty I'm accurate. Dissent, I'm saying dissent in criticism of the math. That is the argument that I've recognized in saying that Whiteback's case has some holes in it. I mean, he, he'll point out the holes himself and he'll validate them. He did that himself. But I think there's one of my main points here is that I think they're using this whole thing to be like, oh, Backyard Breaks could not be that big of an operation. No way Backyard Breaks breaks that many boxes. No way. They they did probably do pretty close to those numbers. They're the biggest breaking operation in the game. And if you want to say, oh, these dudes in Florida can't break that much product, you're just being ignorant or you're lying. And so if either way, I'm skeptical and I would never in a million years think of myself think i was going to be here talking for 10 minutes defending backyard breaks but this is a genius marketing move and that's what i want to give credit to them for i'm not here to just hate i'm here to be like mad respect i wish i came could come up with a marketing ploy that complex but guess what i'm just here at the podcast i'm just here wanting to get some shit off my chest because i'm not really pro backyard breaks being the biggest breakers i think they're I don't love their brand. I think that the whole gambling side of the hobby with breaks is due for a come to Jesus moment of Panini needs to have odds on their boxes. And I'm totally cool with this leading to that. Like I would be cool if this whole controversy leads to Panini putting odds on their packs, because I think it's super sketchy that they don't. And we've talked about that a little bit in the past about Panini retail. You never hit anything numbered. There's no odds. Sometimes they don't even include language about certain parallels or autographs on these retail packs. 
But when you're talking FOTL prison, you're talking National Treasures prison, no one can afford to open that shit on their own. You know what they do? They go to the people that are breaking it. And you know who's breaking National Treasures every single day? Backyard breaks. And you know who is a massive corporate company and not just some dudes hanging out in their backyard? Backyard breaks. They're a massive company. They're the only breaker that Josh Lieber went on when he took over Fanatics. And I just think that spreading this information and yeah it's easy to hate on backyard breaks like the internet like twitter at least already hates them it's like you could throw out i could throw out any number about i could say fuck backyard breaks it'd probably get 15 20 likes on twitter whatever but we're just all playing into their game right now they want to break more product and golden wants to sell more high-end cards the only way golden gets more high-end cards is if they break more high-end product and you, Golden's not breaking it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an actual corporate agreement between Backyard Here, Breaks and Golden. Um, there's a – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you directly, but I want to hark on this one. Why are you saying it? There is a Golden program where you can be a Golden partner to submit if you are a – to fast streamline your consignment process with Golden if you are a big money breaker. I looked through their website. I'll link it to you, Tommy maybe even throw it in the podcast description, but it gives you a quick questionnaire of like how many, you know, what multiple of 10 thousands, you know, of dollars of revenue are you breaking in boxes a month? Oh, are you breaking a million in product a year or are you only breaking a hundred K or only 10 K or only a thousand, which wouldn't be relevant for the program, but highlighting this, there is direct partnerships available for breakers and golden auction houses. Yes, and that's that was part of the reason why I got I even started thinking about this. Yeah, I saw you, we've been seeing it, you know, with PWCC, CSG, and a lot of those things. And it's like, I actually really don't mind that. Like, I don't mind corporate like cooperation. I think it's probably good for the hobby in general. Like, a lot of these companies have been operating kind of on islands, and it it's not led to much growth or much pro, like progress in the hobby. I am skeptical of marketing tactics that are made, created to create controversy that in some capacity puts, sheds bad light on the hobby, but promotes one single company or one or two single companies, but it harms the other companies. Cause you know what this does? It harms all the other breakers. It harms mom and pop breakers. It harms dudes that do like one or two hobby things. You know, it's like no one, it, lo- it increases the barrier to entry for those high-end product breaking astronomically makes it completely impossible to get into the high-end hobby breaking game because oh you shouldn't do that backyard breaks already gets all the loaded boxes and if you're not breaking national if you're not buying into national treasures breaks with backyard breaks you shouldn't do it with anyone else because they get all the loaded boxes does that argument at least am i going crazy am i crazy max that's what i want to know am i crazy a little bit I don't think this is on people's conscious or subconscious. I can't pronounce that word. There's an N in there somewhere. But I don't know. There's a second end. Regardless on my pronunciation semantics, this isn't on set when someone is buying into a mom and prop, mom and pop breaker. And what is well known is the amount of cash it comes from people's wallets. When you're paying on whatnot auctions for national treasure spots, and you're competing with an audience of several hundred, your price point that you're going to, that it takes to come out on top for a break spot is much higher 
than a mom and pop breaker or buying the box direct. Naturally, buying the box direct requires a lot of capital and risk that most people don't want. They'd rather mitigate that by increasing their risk even higher by getting a team break. But by going into the mom and pop breakers, you're going, I don't think people are thinking about backyard breaks getting the case hits given how immersed in the industry you need to be to even be aware of this, let alone have this be your strong decision, you know, this be forefront on your decision making. Not necessarily of being in the, the industry, but some people, they just join a break every once in a while. And it's the lowest common denominator of resistance that goes into, oh, I want to buy a break. I'm going to buy a break with the most popular streamer and the one that shows up on my feed first. Not, oh, they are actually in a huge print run. Uh, what are the odds scandal? And they might be getting loaded, loaded product. I'm going to go here instead of the mom and pop breaker that isn't even on my feed. So in the end... This gets more likes, retweets, engagements. This helps backyard breaks. This is similar to what the giveaway of the Trevor Lawrence was a few months back. But on the converse, this does put eyes on hobby Twitter. This is a social media and medium that is not really investigated at all. So the fact that we have a leading story coming from Twitter only helps collectors that are on that platform, you and I included, who are more Twitter heavy than Instagram. Yeah, I, I do think there's an argument to be made that any conversation about the hobby in mainstream media is probably good for the hobby in the long run. I think having more eyes on breaking is good. I think having a little bit more regulation in the, hot, in the breaking world, whether it be by law or just by public sentiment, creating more regulation, just more eyes on things, I think would be good. I think there's definitely some shady shit going on and the general breaking world because it's gambling and you know if, so like there's a lot of ways that people can scheme a break right now without any real re repercussions but i'm just extremely skeptical of any marketing tactic that is leads to people being like oh backyard breaks gets all the hits i'm gonna buy in with them and honestly maybe some people did get into the hobby this week being like oh I can have a chance at one of these million dollar cards if I buy into a backyard breaks break and I can be ahead of the game a little bit before they start, maybe before they get quote unquote caught. I think the main thing, my main point, backyard breaks probably does rip close to that much. And if you want a real response to like, if you want to see like a perspective of someone who's really ripping a lot of boxes, I would recommend highly to check out C Blez's response. I love C Blez, great guy. I think his response was good, pointing out the flaws in the argument. But again, everyone's just playing this game right now, and I'm realizing at minute 18 that I'm also playing this game where we're all just promoting backyard breaks. And I'm talking about backyard breaks for 20 minutes, and now I don't want to talk about it anymore because I feel like I made my point. And if Eric Whiteback wants to reach out and come on the pod and talk about the math a little more and maybe talk a little bit more transparently about what his role is in the hobby, I would love to have that conversation. And I would love to talk about ways of growing the hobby with him and how we can work together to help, you know, get more people involved and make it easier to collect and lower the barriers to entry. I would love to have that conversation and we're going to leave it at that. So Max, tell me about the card show you went to this weekend. I was going to say, I know we were talking about how we wanted to tackle this episode, especially since you're coming guns blazing into the episode, but I use this as my medium to get cards off my chest and to my head into a different type of chest. Yeah. I love, are we good? 
I'm saying no more talk about backyard breaks. So let's talk cards, the thing that we love. Let's talk cards. I will be heading to Bleaker Trading tomorrow night. They have a trade night. It's with Prism God, who I love. It is with, I know some of you listeners are probably going to see me tomorrow night, the New York City, New Jersey localish ones, of which I'm going to give you a big old figurative hug. And I love talking cards. I love talking cards. This past week, I went to the Hofstra Show, which is dubbed the Long Island National. It is ran by the same promoters that have ran the East Coast National and now will be is one half of the National. One half of the National are my local promoters as well as the promoter that does the Philly show. And I'm able to be more pinpoint in my criticism. This was a roughly 300 table show. It was in those square booths. If you were at the National, you kind of know what I'm saying in that each booth was a square and that people were walking around squares of tables rather than rows of tables. So similar size to the New England show, which was also about 300 tables, there were significantly more foot traffic, maybe five times the amount of foot traffic of the New England show that I went to a few weeks ago on Saturday. On Sunday, the foot traffic was equivalent. But the Saturday was big. Um, lots of auto- autograph guests, Eli Manning, RJ Barrett, uh, Robert Parrish, um, a few others. Damn, those are big. John Starks. No, these are, and that's kind of what these promoters are good at. They're good at getting a lot of autograph guests, which is a big divergence. Again, with the National, lots and lots of autograph guests with the National. I don't care one bit at all. And if anything, I had to pay $15 a day to go because of these autograph guests being present. And that helps cover this loss. I would never pay $15 for – actually, I have one other time. But I hate it. And that other time also had a lot of autograph guests. I don't care about in-person autographs. I don't like the – I mean, it makes sense because it's – you're bringing items, you're getting an experience with this star player. But I'm going to pay money for the autograph guests to be able to get admission to the show. And then we're going to pay more money to actually get the item signed. Just doesn't make much sense in my convoluted, wacky old mind. I'm here for baseball cards. I'm here for basketball cards. I'm here to see my friends. I'm not here to shake hands with RJ Barrett because that would cost me a fortune. But good show, high traffic. The show promoter was very, very, very good at getting local traffic. They were very, very, not very, but pretty bad at getting any real traffic outside of the New York area. There was maybe one or two dealers from Maine that I was speaking to. The rest of them were the local New Jersey, New York ones. There was not many people flying out to the show. Lots of other people going to Del Mar in California instead, which, geez, man, I've said this before with East Coast National. You are dubbing yourself as a very, very big show, and you are the second biggest show of the week. You have to be at least the biggest show of the week. I'm not saying you have to be Dallas, where you have to be the biggest show of a two-month span. Just be the biggest show in the country that weekend. Otherwise, just don't say you're a big 300 card. 300 table show. That's my gripe. I did not buy much. JSA was there. James Spence authentication, which ironic to my criticism of in-person autographs right now. Just a personal anecdote. My dad's lifelong friend had did in-person autographs and through the mail autographs as a kid. 
is thinking about, oh, what do I do with them? Are they worth money? Blah, blah, blah. I was in the, naturally, the collectible, the collectibles guru of the family in the inner circle. I'm like, what do they, what do I do with this? And I'm like, lots of Mets guys. I see Willie Mays and I see Thurman Munson. I undermined the value of the Thurman Munson. I went to JSA for in-person authentication. The Willie Mays was rejected, was a stamped autograph. The Thurman Munson, Thurman Munson for autograph people, which I am immersing myself in, not out of interest, just out of trying to be an always learner, especially because in-person autographs nowadays are kind of lame. I'm going on a rant time. I'm going to give you dialogue. Don't, don't you worry. But Thurman Munson naturally died in, passed away in the 70s. And autograph signing was not nearly as big then. Willie Mays, still alive now. He's 91. 50 years post-playing career, being able to sign his name or as many people that wanted lifetimes of people that have wanted Willie Mays' name signed, they were able to get it. The the letter of the authenticity fee for the Mays was 30 bucks. The authenticity fee for the Thurman Munson was 150. So as I said earlier, Mays rejected Thurman Munson which was allegedly signed in front of the stadium has not conclusively been deemed authentic. It is being viewed by another guy. I guess they took a photograph or something like that. And I'm going to be mailed an update in four to six weeks. But the first guy said he liked it and it's trending in the right direction. That's my update. I bought some cards. I sold a few cards. Hofstra, not killer. I'm debating my involvement in shows to begin with because I'm getting fatigued. And I want to make the most of cards. I've been buying more online lately. I've been buying more online. I'm a buyer. I'm a crier. I'm a lover. I'm a sinner. And I'm a young gold head. This has been an amazing episode. I love your updates from the show as always. I'm excited to see what's up with the third year Marshall. Not third year Marshall. I'm so dumb. Jesus. I need to take a break, bro. Right. Yeah. But uh, I do love like the idea of like some dude's autograph, even though he's not necessarily like one of the all time greats being super valuable because he just never signed or like died really like early. I'm in fact, I'm like very interested in that whole world. It's not something I know a lot about. So I'm excited to hear more about it. What I was was trying to explain to my dad, I'm like, dad, like Willie Mays is like a top five baseball player ever. Thurman Munson was a very good catcher from New York. Probably would have made a Hall of Fame if maybe not posthumously, but I, because I believe he's not in the Hall of Fame, but one of the greatest guys of all time. But he was a very good catcher and has one of the most iconic gold cups of all time. I need that card. Yeah, that one of the sign would be pretty dope, but I do also actually, I I got hooked up that card. Our boy, boy. who's our boy? Uh, old man. I love old man, he's the greatest. But Max, we're trying something new this week. I'm cutting you off super early. We're going to do a little shorter episode. So can you tell me what you bought on eBay? Actually, you just talked for a long time. I'm talking about what I bought on eBay. Okay, okay. just get, let me get some gab after. Yeah, obviously. I'm letting you run with it. I bought a few cards on eBay the other night. I bought a 2017 Topps Chrome Gold Refractor Corey Seager Gold Cup out of 50. I got that for 15 bucks shipped. Couldn't imagine a better deal. I was like, wasn't even really looking, and I saw like 15 OBL, I offered 10. It was accepted pretty quick, so that was dope. And then I bought a 2005 Topps Rookie Cup JT Snow Refractor out of 15. So this is like a reprint set, but they made these refractors extremely popping. Like these refractors pop like crazy. It's from 2005, and JT Snow is my favorite player when I was like six and seven. So I was like, 
out of 15, I got it also for the same price as the Corey Seager, 15 bucks. So those are my two buys of the week. Both just PC gold cups. People are probably tired of me talking about this, but as someone, as JT Snow is a guy who had his gold cup like in the 90s before they had parallels beyond just like the gold foil ones, I was like, I don't mind getting reprint refractors of those because um, they they don't exist, you know, during the day. Like I don't mind getting like the Joe Morgan gold cup chrome from modern days because they didn't make chrome obviously in the 60s. So it's just kind of fun in the binder. Those are my two buys. Max, run with it. Let's hear everything. Let's hear all the details of the cards you bought. I have a lot of cards. I'm just going to give the highlights. Charizard, Charizard, Charizard. $15 TCG bulk special. I'm going crazy. I, I'm i going to calm myself down before I become inarticulate. But when thinking about $15 TCG bulk submission, I like Pokemon. I think it's fun. I like to dabble. The fascinating thing is that the quality control is usually good. People don't pick their cards over as much as usual. And people tend to want over comps more, which is funny, which just makes me not even like look at social media. It makes me just, I'm on eBay. I'm scrolling. I'm sending offers left and right. I am engaging in full pettiness if I don't get what I want. And I bought a lot of Shining Fates SV107 Charizards, Radiant Charizards from the Pokemon Go substat. I bought a Hidden Fates Charizard. I bought a Brilliant Stars Charizard. You don't know what any of this means, Tommy, correct? I know that Charizard is the GOAT. That's all I know. Yeah, so I'm having fun there. Um, I've dabbled in soccer a little bit with the Merlin sets, both in autographs and parallels. The quality control is very... What's up with Merlin? Why? What's the deal with that? That's a, only a soccer product. Do you know anything about the history of Merlin? I don't really get it. You're going to push my knowledge, and I'm going to say something wrong. I believe it was originally a vintage soccer set in the 1900s that's re- reduxed in it's the like Alan, It's like an Allen and Ginter type of deal, sort of. More, more of like a heritage type of deal. Okay. Well, I'll, we'll, I'll look into this. Well, more of a heritage and an Allen and Ginter type of deal. But I'd say it's became Merlin Chrome has pretty quickly become the number two top set each year behind. Uh, UEFA Chrome and when relevant with relevant stars, Bundesliga Chrome. But part of it is just, it, I've looked at a lot of expected values from ripping. Maybe I'm getting dangerous, but I'm tired of my tops now. It's a lot of fun. I've actually hit some parallels lately. All the parallels are always in poor condition, but I really want to go cracking on the expected value of ripping certain boxes and because I know the people that rip boxes, I'm going on a tangent, but the people that rip cases of Topps MLB Heritage make a huge amount of money because they're able to market it properly and sell it properly and bulk out all the people. And that just seems fun. You're getting paid the rip. That sounds fun. I do that forever. We should definitely do like best rips episode for each sport. Go through each sport and talk about what the best rip is. I think yeah, that would be a but- fun episode. Uh, PWCC ended last night. I bought some Ronaldo Cunha Jr. and some Juan Soto, including I reacquired a different copy of this card, but a rookie cup hobby foil board of Ronald Acuna Jr. was acquired. I was in You keep buying dude, you keep buying Acuna Gold Cups. That that is true. I keep yeah. buying my Acuna 
cold cups. Do you know the heritage throwback variations? Yes. They, the images that are them in throwback uniforms. Yeah, of course, you know, what am I saying? Um, there were like three Kyle Lewis throwback variations on PWCC. And there were apparently three last week as well. And I was bidding, but I didn't want to overpay because it's Kyle Lewis, but second year, that means gold cup. It does. Yes, it does. That's what you got for me. And Kyle Lewis, I'm just looking at his stats from this year. He only played 18 games, so he must have got hurt or something. Must have. Who knows? But random dude to be buying. Love gold cups. Excited to see who the gold cup team is. I'm going to give my predictions next week on who I think the gold cup team should be this year. Oh, that's going to be year. fun. So that'll be, I'll throw that little teaser here at the end. But Max, a little shorter episode. I came in hot. I hope. No one got offended, but I just felt like DMs from some people. I I honestly hope so because I'm all about transparency. I'm all about growing the hobby, and if we can do both those things at the same time, I think the hobby is going to grow healthily, and I think it'll be great. So I'm pro figuring it out, and I'm pro people DMing me about what I have talked about today. So if you have any thoughts, if you agree with me, if you disagree, hit us up. At Young Old Ed's podcast on Instagram. I'm also at TV Sports Cards on Twitter and Instagram. Max at Cards Max, obviously. Cards Max, Cards Max, Cards Max. Young Old Ed's podcast. That's us. Max, until next week. This was fun. I came in firing. I'm leaving calm. I'm leaving. Like, maybe you can possibly took me off the, the super angry edge. So now I'm just going to sit with this for a little bit. Any parting thoughts for the people? I love all of you. For the young old heads.